Welcome to the MetPro Method Podcast. I am your host, Crystal O'Keefe. And today I'm joined by MetPro Coach Amber Velasquez. And today we're discussing how to read a nutrition label. Amber, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, Crystal. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to educate everyone on how to read a food label. Me too. So let's just start with the basics. Why is it important to understand how to read a nutrition label? So I would say the most important thing to look at on a food label is the serving size. It's really important to make sure that you're not just mindlessly eating because a lot of times a package comes with multiple servings in one box or container. Right. And like, so sometimes you get like something and it's like, oh, hey, if you eat like an M&M, that is your serving. Like you have to be really careful, right? Absolutely. And so really being mindful of what that one serving size provides will help you from overeating. A lot of times, like if you just grab a bag of chips, you eat the whole bag, but really that was four servings worth. Like you have to quadruple the calorie amount, the fat amount. And so that can really add up over time. Yeah, that's super depressing because it is surprisingly easy to eat large portions of things that are not healthy for you and they taste amazing. Chocolate is my downfall. (laughs) Oh, I can agree with that. I love some dark chocolate. (laughs) And ice cream. I swear there's always room for ice cream. It goes down so easy and there is nothing healthy in ice cream. Nothing. (laughs) Not really. It's just a bunch of added sugar. (laughs) So, okay. besides serving sizes, are there any specific things that you should be looking for on a label? Yeah. So besides the serving size, I also like to start with the calories. So depending on what my goals are, if I'm looking for a low calorie snack or a high calorie meal, then that's one thing that I like to look at. So like, for instance, a no calorie food has five calories or less. So even though it says no calorie, it can still have up to five calories, which is really minuscule. A low calorie food is anything under 40 calories. So if you're following MetPro and you have those free foods list, all of those have under 40 calories. So those are all low calorie options and some are healthier than others, of course. So you still have to be mindful of what you're actually eating. And then a moderate calorie food is around 100 calories. And then anything 400 calories or more is a high calorie food. So you definitely want to keep that in mind also. Is that per serving? So like all the numbers that you're giving, are those, is that per serving? Yes, that okay. is per serving. And then on the newer food label that came out, if you look on the right hand side, it will also give you the total amount for the entire package. Oh, OK. And that's what yeah. we really need to be looking for, because I know that MetPro has a significant free food list. But let's be honest, how many of us are like, I'm going to sit down and eat some broccoli while I watch TV? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And unless I can dip it in some ranch, I'm not going to choose the broccoli either. (laughs) So how do you know how many fats or carbs or protein are good for you in a given food whenever you're purchasing it? Yeah. So I always like to start with the ingredient list and I try to find things that have nothing but whole ingredients. So I try to avoid all of the added fillers and preservatives and things like that even though some of those do serve a good purpose in helping keep the food fresh for longer and not spoiling while it sits on the shelf. So there are benefits, but there are also a lot of downfall to that. So I try to look for things that have whole ingredients like chicken breast as the main ingredient or a vegetable or whole wheat rather than like white enriched 
flour, those things make a difference because those are actually giving you just macronutrients that are clean overall and not full of all this stuff that we don't need. And you can tell it's a main ingredient if it's one of the ones at the very beginning of the list, right? Right. So they list the ingredients from the heaviest weight. So if chicken is the main ingredient, but then you have like a sugar alcohol in the end, it's going to be at the bottom of that ingredient list. So it's really important to look at all of the ingredients to determine what's actually in the food. Okay. And so are all carbs carbs or should we be looking for something particular or should we be looking for anything else? Yeah. So not all carbs are just carbs. So carbs includes sugars, starches, fibers, and they all have their own benefits and cons with that. So sugars, it can include added sugar. So on a food label, now that they've released the new guidelines, they include added sugars. And that is basically in the form of table sugar. So (laughs) if you see 13 grams of added sugar on a label, would you go and mindlessly eat 13 grams of sugar? No, not if I was paying attention. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's so crazy. And I'm really glad they added that to the new labels because there are so many foods that they add sugars to that you would never guess. I mean, one of the ones that I talk about all the time is like spaghetti sauce or salsa. Like who knew there was sugar in that? Like you think tomatoes, right? Like that's the basic ingredient. And it might be the heaviest by weight to your earlier point, but then they still add sugar in there. So you got to find ones that don't have sugar. So it can be like a scavenger hunt at the grocery store. Exactly. And that's where reading a food label really makes a big difference. Because if you weren't looking at these food labels, think about how much added sugar you would be consuming daily. Yeah. Like another one of my favorites is Greek yogurt. So Mm -hmm. I love Greek yogurt. But if you look at majority of the labels, they all have added sugar. Which is crazy. Now, I think that is it Oikos? Is that how you say it? The uh, Oikos triple zero? Yeah, they don't have any. That, and I like that brand because of that. But then like something that I've always struggled with, and it's MetPro has really helped me with this, is that because you get used to those added sugars, some of those foods don't taste as good because you're so used to having added sugar and everything. But MetPro has really helped me because to your earlier point about like eating whole foods and like having things that are really natural now things taste better without all the added sugar. But you kind of have to kind of get that out of your system before they start tasting good. (laughs) Right, exactly. No, I completely agree. They say sugar is very addicting. And I 100% believe that because when you're used to having it, and then you try and go cold turkey without it, you have withdrawals, you get headaches, and you just have that craving. So slowly starting to decrease the amount of added sugars that you're having, will ultimately lead to you feeling better overall. So it's really important to look at that section on a food label. And I'm so glad they added that. Me too. Now, how do you handle it if like you go to get something, let's say you're getting it for dinner and maybe you got a pre-prepared meal because you're busy, etc. But now the serving size doesn't match the kind of meal that you're looking for. What do you do? So in that case, I would figure out what exactly serving size I need for the meal that I'm going for. And then I would just alter the macronutrients to start with. So say I chose a food with 10 grams of protein, but the meal that I'm going for, I need 20 grams. Then I would just double that serving size. But then you have to be mindful with that. You're also doubling the carbs, the fat, the sodium. So it's really all about the more whole food you're choosing, the less of the sodium and trans fat and saturated fats that you're getting in that. So that's where whole foods comes into play as well. But 
you can double the serving size and sometimes it can still be beneficial depending on how much of that food that you need. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point. So if you're doing MetPro, particularly if you're a beginner, and we have a whole nother podcast just about this that Megan went into really great detail about how to do different recipes at different levels, Mm -hmm. like how long you've been with MetPro. I feel like when you're first starting out, that's another really good reason to kind of use simple ingredients and kind of keep all your food separate. So for instance, for dinner, having chicken and let's say some broccoli. And if you have carbs in your meal, like a sweet potato and kind of measuring all those separately, that's going to be a lot easier than going to the store and looking for some kind of frozen meal or some kind of meal that's already prepared that has those same things in it because they're probably going to add butter. They're probably going to add a bunch of things that you wouldn't add at home. And now it's much more difficult for you to control your portion sizes. Exactly. And along with that, too, those prepackaged meals, like say you go and get a lasagna in the frozen section, it doesn't say it provides one cup of ground beef in it. It just has ground beef on the ingredients. You don't know how much cheese is in it. It just lists it based on the weight of the item, but it doesn't actually give you portion sizes of each food. So that's why it's so much simpler. Just make your food at home, stick with simple ingredients. As you get more advanced, then you can start incorporating more recipes. Yeah, that's a really good point. So what about fat types on the label? I've noticed this and there's so many. I feel like it's so confusing. You've got fat, you've got saturated fat, you've got trans fat. What does all this mean? What should we be looking for? Yeah, good question. So trans fat is your worst enemy. So that would be the most unhealthy and food items they can claim on the package that it's zero trans fat, even if it has up to half a gram. What? So they can still sneak that in there. So the guidelines are very flexible for that. (laughs) Yeah. It's very deceiving because if you're trying to avoid all trans fat, it says zero grams. And if you're not fully understanding what you're looking for in the ingredients, then you're still consuming those trans fats. And those are the most unhealthy. As far as saturated fats, those are less healthy than your unsaturated fats, but you still need some of them in your diet. You just want to limit the frequency of eating those. And your saturated fats come from your animal sources. So like beef, pork, full fat dairy, even your tropical oils like coconut oil and palm oil, which can be deceiving as well because there's been a fad where people have been using coconut oil to cook all of their food in. Right. Yeah. You hear coconut oil everywhere these days. Add coconut oil, add coconut flakes. And so how do you know how much is good? Exactly. And so with that, I just say, be mindful. You can use it occasionally, but I wouldn't use it for every meal. Swap it out for some of your unsaturated fats, like your avocado oil, your olive oils, your nuts and seeds. Those all have the healthier fats. Those also provide omega-3s, which are essential for our bodies, but we have to get it through food. Our bodies cannot produce omega-3s on its own. So things like salmon, your fatty fishes, nuts and seeds, those are all great sources. And you want to include those at least a couple times a week to make sure that you're meeting your body's needs for omegas. Well, that's a really good point. There's a lot of things that our body can't produce, which is why it's good to have a variety of foods. 
um, mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables and eat the rainbow, as they say. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So what about the ingredient list? I know you touched on this earlier, but is there anything else that we should be like specifically looking out for on the ingredient list? Yeah. So a lot of times if it says there's no sugar, they often include like sugar alcohols. So one of the most common is erythritol. That will be in the ingredients and it'll show that it includes sugar alcohols, but those can often cause like an upset GI system. So it may lessen the calories, but you may suffer the consequences as far as like you may have gas, bloating, diarrhea, upset stomach. And so those aren't the most positive side effects that you want. So is it better to consume real sugar rather than the sugar alcohols? In my opinion, I think so, because it's more in its truest form. And erythritol is used in all of the sugar-free candies and sugar-free desserts. And so that's just one thing that you have to look at in the ingredients list, because it's not always like the obvious Yeah, you see sugar free and you're like, oh, then I can have as much of this as I want. And then to your point, because it can cause GI distress that can ruin the rest of your day if you're not careful. (laughs) Absolutely. And in higher amounts that can really it can affect you for a couple days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be careful. (laughs) Yeah. I remember, gosh, I'm aging myself here, but a long time ago, whenever sugar-free ice cream was like really going through a fad in like the 90s. And I had some for the first time in my life. And I was like, oh, I can have as much of this as I want. And let's just say it wasn't a great night. Um. Yeah, definitely. I can only imagine. (laughs) So what else should people know when they're reading nutrition labels? What have we missed? So I'd like to cover the percent daily value. So that's often like confusing for people. Absolutely. And if you notice like protein doesn't have that, and neither does trans fat, which is weird. But that just means like it's based on a 2000 calorie diet, which nowadays hardly any Americans are eating 2000 calories with today's diet culture. We're well under eating that. And so this is really just a guideline. It's not really a good reference point. But if you're looking for something that has a good source or a lot of a certain nutrient, then you want to look for something that has 20% or more on that percent daily value. So like your vitamin A, if it has 20%, that's a good source of vitamin A. If it has 5% or less, it's not a good source. So if your goal is to get more vitamin A, that's not going to be the food that you choose for that reason. Or like Um, if you're trying to get fiber and it says added fiber, but if it's only a couple percentage points, it's there, but it's not really doing what you're looking for it to do, right? Exactly. You want it to be at least 20% or more if you're looking for that high fiber food. And typically anything with three to four grams is a good source. Of fiber, particularly? Okay. You're saying that people don't eat 2000 calories a day. And when you say that, you mean like they're probably eating closer to 1200 or 1400 unless they're eating like a diet of a lot of fast food or a lot of high fat. They might be eating more than that. But the average person, I know I was definitely under eating. I was probably eating like 11, maybe a thousand calories whenever I first joined MetPro. And Mm -hmm. that means every serving size really needs to be taken, kind of cut it in half, right? Right, definitely. And so then if you're looking for a high percentage of that nutrient, then you're going to want to double that. The percent daily value is it's confusing for most people, but in general, it's a good guide if you're looking for something like high fiber. And the reason that protein doesn't have it is because the 
average amount of protein for each person is so different. Everyone is individual when it comes to that. Interesting. So the FDA does not have guidelines for protein. Like they don't say, Amber, you should have this much. That's really fascinating because you would think that with all the other things that they give us daily percentages of, they would have protein kind of down. So you need to probably talk to either your Met Pro coach or a nutritionist or a dietitian to kind of figure out what is a good range of protein for you then. Absolutely. And it all depends on your activity level. If you're a marathon runner, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need additional protein. But if you're in a sport of powerlifting or something like that, then you'll need added protein. And so that's why they don't put the percentage because it varies so much for each person. It's not an average. Interesting. All right. So that was a lot of really good information. Is there anything else that we want to make sure people know that we might have missed today? Definitely. So I want to touch on sodium. So sodium is a big one because according to the American Heart Association, nine out of 10 Americans consume too much sodium each day. So it's recommended that if you're healthy, don't have any issues with high blood pressure, then your limit is 2,300 milligrams per day. But the average American consumes around 3,400. That's crazy. Crazy big difference, right? And so that often leads to things like hypertension, high blood pressure and whatnot. And if you already have that, then they recommend that you only consume 1,500 milligrams per day. So looking at food labels is really important when it comes to that, because a lot of your prepackaged foods are higher in sodium. Like if you go and buy a For instance, I used the lasagna earlier. If you go look at a lasagna label, it probably has at least half your daily amount already in that one meal. And so then if you go and have fast food later that Mm. day, you're well over your limit. And if that becomes a habit, that's when it really starts to affect your health overall. So be mindful of the sodium. That's one of the big takeaways from this. Wow. Yeah, that's really good advice. And if you are eating kind of a MetPro diet where you're working with a coach or you're using the basic app, a lot of those whole foods are going to have no sodium in them or just natural sodium in them. And so Mm -hmm. you're kind of looking at almost the opposite end of the problem. If you have to be careful, if you're an athlete, if you're working out a lot. So that's another thing you want to talk to your coach about to make sure that you're getting an adequate amount of sodium, particularly if you do a lot of endurance sports or long workouts. Absolutely. And if you're sweating a lot, we want to make sure that we replete your sodium levels. So that's why working with a coach, make sure you're letting them know like all of your activities and how much you're sweating and the environment that you're exercising in. If you live in a hot, humid climate, you probably need more electrolytes and sodium than someone who lives in Alaska and they're exercising. So letting your coach know all of those things is super important to help make sure that you're not under consuming the electrolytes. Yeah, that's really good advice. Some of the minor things are the vitamins and minerals. Some of them have the daily value and then some it's not even included. So you don't know exactly what you're getting, but that's why it's important to eat a variety of food and try and focus on your whole cuts of meat, your fresh produce, your whole grains. That way you are getting in all of your macronutrients and micronutrients. So all of the vitamins and minerals that aren't necessarily listed on the food label, but they're essential for your body. So variety is key. That is really good advice. And also, I just want to add macronutrients for people who don't know. That's kind of looking at your fat, your protein, and your carbohydrates. But the micronutrients, those are what you were just talking about, like 
the salt. That's your different vitamins. That's all the other things that are parts of the macronutrients. That's why they call them micro versus macro. So just want to make sure some people may not know what that is. So I want to spell that out. All right. Well, Amber, that was incredibly helpful. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Crystal. And I hope this helps in some way. I'm sure it will. I bet a lot of people will get some use out of this. And listeners, that's actually all for this week. So you can find all the MetPro Method episodes anywhere you get podcasts, or you can go to metpro.co slash podcast. Please be sure to follow the show and rate and review because that lets other people know what they can expect. You can learn more about MetPro at metpro.co. I'm your host, Crystal O'Keefe, and I will be back next week. Until then, remember, consistency is key.